We're going to go ahead and get started, spend uh, some last uh, time together, and then uh, we're going to end uh, with, uh, with our illustrious um, uh, band we'll come up and uh, um, lead us in some worship. Illustrious. Random adjective. We don't use that too much. All right. Um, so a past uh, handout around to you, I'll uh, refer to that in just a second. That's just for you to keep and just kind of an idea. So um, this, uh, this morning, I want to um, just kind of finish up our time by putting a bow on stuff, uh, giving us an opportunity uh, just to um, do a couple of things uh, in, in some, kind of some different order. Looking at your sheet, which want to... Um, answer any uh, last minute questions and give you some tips on kind of getting started and moving forward and seeing uh, where their gaps are. I'm going to talk a little bit about devotional time this morning and prayer and some things to think about. Uh, that is not something that we talk about kind of at a, um, like at a basic level, like, hey, what does it look like? You just oh, read your Bible and here's the devotion and, you know, what, what else happens in that? So um, we're going to look at that a little bit and then... Um, and then talk lastly about, so what does this look like for me to not do this just by myself, but in community? And what does that mean for our community? All right, let's pray. Father, as we, um, as we have had the time to be away and have decided to come up here and be together, uh, Father, I thank you um, for the time that we have spent. Lord, we've set aside time to be uh, spoken to by you and to... Um, to uh, make decisions and commitments, uh, Father, to be jostled <laughs> uh, in our life. And so, Lord, I pray that, um, that you would just continue to speak into that and, um, and just bless the rest of uh, the day as we give you uh, more space, uh, whether we're going home or hanging out here, going skiing or, or whatever our day may bring, uh, Lord, that um, it's real life and this doesn't stay here. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us um, have... Uh, the mentality that we need to, Father, to be open to you and to commit to um, different habits and better practices. Lord, bless our time. Um, help us be focused uh, in the short time that we have together. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So, a couple of things that I want to uh, remind you of by way of like the uh, uh, by way of your um, your worksheet. Yes, he needs a paper. They're somewhere. They're everywhere. Who's got some extra papers? Oh, they're right here. Rob does. Yeah, you can have one, I guess. Anybody else? You want one? Okay. Yeah, you can have a second one. Anybody else? I'm raising my hand on his behalf. There we go. All right. So oftentimes, once we feel like we have a good idea of something, we've got it. I've got this thing. I may or may not do something with this thing. But when I go away, we fail to kind of make sure that we know how to use this. All right. And so just a couple, couple comments on that that you have not made goals, okay? The idea is for you not make goals, like these are things I would love to accomplish, is that, um, that you're, uh, the idea is to make commitments. So there's some, um, 
There are some actual nice kind of directions at the front of your sheet, but a couple of things that are important to note. Number one is you've got to decide to do these things. So they don't happen naturally. You planned them, you wrote them down, but you actually like engaging with them is, <laughs> is gonna be up to you. And so my, my, first, um, my first advice would be to give yourself a lot of grace, okay? And to try it for a couple of weeks. You don't necessarily need to add every single thing in, right, as you jump. Uh, but particularly the daily things, you need to be like, hey, I'm going to attempt to kind of do some different things daily and then see how that goes. Now, if you're able to, to keep up with your daily commitments for a few weeks, then you're just like, hey, I'm going to commit to, I like to do like, hey, I'm commit to a month. Hey, I'm going to keep doing this, right? And so kind of the, what, um, about three months, right, is, is kind of a, like, hey, that's not forever, but like that's more than a month. And so if you can do it for a couple weeks and want to commit to a month, the next thing would be like three months and then, you know, see how long you can do it from there. So the whole part point is about um, taking regular time to, um, to introspect, to evaluate, right? Change things as you need to. Your plan is only as good as you doing it. Okay. So, uh, so you don't get any extra gold stars or any help. It is, it is for you to make space with God. Okay. Questions about that as it relates to just getting started, implementing my plan, uh, anything like that. All right? So is this, does this feel scary? You're like, yeah, I'm glad I spent the time, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so the last piece about that is um, if, it's, if it's pie in the sky, it's not basic enough. Like it needs to be something that I can do, like really do. And so what somebody once said, what's the best plan to make the plan I can do? <laughs> so, so, so that is going to be the struggle is to implement. And so, um, so that's, uh, so that's that. All right. So here's a couple of helpful quotes that I think, um, are good for you. The rule, um, uh, doing this sort of thing, the rule is a way to begin with the end in mind, right? We are trying to envision a sustainable, thriving walk with the Lord in his word, in prayer, in community, in our family, in our work, right? So having this, this picture right, of what a thriving walk with the Lord would entail, Right, we can all, we've done this maybe in a relationship. Hey, what would it take to have a thriving relationship? I'm not willing to do those things, but like, hey, here's like what a vision looks like for what it would, what it would take. And then work backwards from that set of commitments. Right, here's what I really want uh, in my life. Here's what God says is good for me. And so what am I going to do right, to, um, uh, for that to be the fruit of my life? It's not about detailed to-do lists that must be maintained. A rule of life instead gives you the opportunity to prayerfully discern what roles and responsibilities the Lord has given you and to organize your life in a manner most conducive to spiritual growth and depth in Him. Remember the purpose of the rule of life, to contentionally create space to enjoy deep Fellowship with God so that we can reorient and direct our ways to increasingly glorify Him along the way. 
We have done this in different areas of our life. This friendship is suffering, right? This relationship is suffering. This work is suffering. And so I've got to make more space. And I've got to do things differently in those spaces, right, for fruit to come. So you get no credit, right, for spending the time, right? The time, uh, the, the activity, the discipline is not what brings the growth, okay? What brings the growth? If the discipline is not bringing the growth, because that's checking a box, okay? Checking a box doesn't bring growth. What brings growth? Heart change. Heart change. How does heart change? <clears throat> Faith. How does that increase? Spending time with the Father. I need a Marco. So let's talk about this first thing as it relates to devotion. Let's talk about what it, I use this word a lot about being dependent on the Lord. Okay. So almost all of our practices are teaching us and moving us away from independence to dependence. What does independence in your life look like? You have built a life to try to rely on as little people and to do things yourself, right? Like that's, that's what we teach you, okay? You're not wrong in learning that. <laughs> um, but that's not the way that we were created to be. Okay? God created you to be in a dependent relationship with Him. So the best way I can explain this is if you had a stable and happy uh, uh, life as a child, that may not have been the case for everyone. Uh, but think about six-year-old you, okay? That is the sweet spot. Uh, was six-year-old you joyful and happy? Yep. It's because you listen to your parents. <laughs> they, they protected you, right? Like you had no, you, you were enjoying life. You had agency, right? You decided to do things, but your parents, like you look to them for guidance. Hey, can I go outside? Yeah, you can go outside. And then you run outside without a care in the world. Hey, how do you do this? They tell you. Right, that is the type of relationship that God wants for you. You are independent, but you're independent as far as like you are free to do whatever you want to do. But kind of what, how we're created to be is kind of being under the guidance of, right? That is, that is how, what the Bible uh, describes as freedom. So we are free to do when we are in right relationship, right? I don't have to protect myself. Right? I don't have to support myself. I don't have to care for myself. I don't have to teach myself. That's what he's there to do. And I continue that relationship by, by not moving away from those things, never leaving the support, never leaving the care, right? never leaving the teaching. But what, what happened when we moved from like 6 to 13? Describe it to me. We no longer listen. <laughs> we no longer listen. What else? I know more than you, Mom and Dad. Was that actually correct? Yes. <laughs> the answer is no. All right, what else? What else does 13-year-old, what else uh, is descriptive of 13-year-old you? Who is no longer receiving the same support? Because it's not that they won't, it's because you won't. Defiant, yeah. Authority has been removed. Right. So you move from being under uh, the authority and love and support of people that know what they're doing to, to 
taking that on yourself and you have no idea what you're doing. Okay? And this is perpetuated and perpetuated and perpetuated. You're doing the best you can. So, so much of that is relinquishing that control that we're used to, that we like, that we want in so many instances, right? But we actually don't want to suffer the consequences of our independence, do we? I want to be independent, but I don't want to suffer the consequences of independence. Yes? That's the sweet spot, right? That's what we want. Let me do whatever I want, but no consequences to not knowing how to govern myself. So, so much of dependence, right? We've heard this, uh, we've heard this phrase, uh, die to yourself. If you would come after me, you would take up your cross and follow me, right? If you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you will find it. That's what this is talking about. That I need to relinquish, right, my independence, and I need to relearn how to be dependent on the Lord. Questions and thoughts about that? Yes? Proverbs ten seventeen says, The one who follows instruction is on the path of life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. So lots of that in the Proverbs. Other thoughts? Independence, dependence. So our practices then, right, are going to need to uh, skew this way. Everything as we uh, irrigate in, uh, engage in fasting, silence and solitude, as we engage, uh, as we intake God's word, right, as we spend time in prayer, as I spend time uh, listening uh, to the Holy Spirit, right, and trying to uh, ascertain what he's telling me to do. All of these things are, again, it's like the kid who was defiant and then he's like, all right, mom. I'm just going to spend time with you. I haven't been. Is the person that hasn't been doing their own thing and comes like, hey, mom, what, what should I do in this situation? Can you, help, can you use your powers to help me in this situation? Yes, Michael. Would, would you say the correlation between what you ultimately depend on, like ultimately depend on versus what you ultimately worship? Like oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how has this worked in your life? What, what is the disconnect between when you are spending time with the Lord, whatever, whatever you mean by that, and your heart kind of coming under, back under his authority? What are some barriers to that? What were some barriers for you now, or you 13 coming back under your parents and it, the, the dynamic being like it was when you were six and happy? And joyful and well adjusted. Pride? Pride? Yep. Less selfless. Okay. Yep. All right, so let's so let's start there. If I don't know uh, if I if if I will the reality is I don't know what I don't know, right? So, so, so much of that time really then is submitting myself like teachably, right, to learn. So let's look at, um, let's look at this sheet. I want to walk you through what some of these things may help you do. So this is, the, uh, this is just a template for how you might could spend uh, some personal devotion time. So there's a very expensive journal um, that I've uh, probably given some of you at some point. Um, it's called the Kairos Journal, but basically they just printed out a bunch of sheets that have these props on it, so you can do it yourself. 
<laughs> um, but for somebody that is in need of some training wheels, which is all of us, okay, <clears throat> um, questions and prompts are really helpful for us to, again, like, okay, I'm sitting in front of mom, okay, so how do I get, like, how do I access, like, all the stuff that, that mom has? She's ready, all right, all right, what you want, you know? And so what is our attitude in that space? If, mom, if, if, if how we spend time with God, like think about this in your head, is like you sitting across from your mom at a kitchen table, what does that look like? Like what would be the equivalent of how you treat her, how you engage with her, how you interact with her? Thinking of like the things that we do with God. We have to kind of do it in real life to, make, to see some absurdity. Ignore her. Hey, I'm spending time with the Lord and then I'm checking my phone and I'm just kind of, my mind's off in space and then I just kind of read through it and I'm done and whatever. Like the suggestions she gives to just blow them off. Yep. You pray for things that he gives you that we don't take, right? <clears throat> or we just spend all the time asking, right, without listening. Yes, did you done this? Hey, I've got all these questions. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> what else? Give me some more descriptions about how we spend time with the Lord that's as it were, we were relating with like our mother at the table. Maybe garden. Huh? Maybe garden. Yeah? Yeah? Not really sharing all that much? Yeah, yeah, because we don't, uh, we're not trying to, like, change. We're just like, yeah, mom, hey, can you call this person for me? Can you, like, pay that bill? Can you give me some money? I've been really, I've been really uh, um, not a good steward, we'll say. So what would be the equivalent of how we engage God's word or intake the Bible? What, what, would, what would she, what would the metaphor be? Like, of the mom there. The mom is like the biting of God's word, trying to, trying to force this a little bit. <laughs> what would be, how would that work? I feel like sometimes I can like talk to her and ask her something. Yep. And she can give me advice, but I kind of ask her for that advice just to kind of see what she says. Okay. I still think like I still know best, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I just wanted the satisfaction. Yep. Uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? All right, so let's look at the sheet here. So I sit down, and again, I want us to keep like mom sitting in front of me. And. Um, And we're having a conversation, and she asks, or I just think of, that I want to tell her three things that I'm grateful for. What does that do for me to spend that time? Because what are, what are, what have, cause we are used to passive mind, I'll call it. All right? 
it, it's just a free for all in here. Like I'm not trying to be disciplined to what I think about or draw my mind to any other thing. It's just like we are, we are kind of captive to whatever is going on. <clears throat> but if I capture my mind and I say, hey, I want to think about this. Let me meditate on what I should be thankful for. What does that do practically? Right now, think about three things that you are grateful for. What is the result of that, practically? Get your head off your own problems. Yep. We're good at that, right? I'm good at kind of commiserating about what isn't quite right. You know, these shoes, I wish these were a little bit more comfortable, dadgummit. Let me tell somebody about how uncomfortable my shoes are. <laughs> right, this is the equivalent of that. Here's my problems. So it gets our mind off of our problems. What else does it do? Do you have things that are blessings in your life? What happens when we feel like we have blessings in our life? Yeah, gratitude. Yeah. I get changes. My attitude. What if I had a, like a laundry list of all the things that I'm grateful for? And I looked at them and I read them. Do you know how you get, we'll, we'll use this language, unhappy? So let's say there's nothing wrong and then all of a sudden you go from nothing wrong to unhappy. How does that happen? Sometimes it's a circumstance. Right, somebody cuts you off, I have an expectation that no one should cut me off ever. <laughs> and somebody cuts me off and I get mad about it. How dare they upset my perfect world. Hey, guess what? Your world's not going to be perfect. Set a new expectation. But how do we get unhappy? Focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. Yep. Though it is an innumerable list of things I don't have. Do I need any of those things? Very rarely. What else? How else do we get unhappy? Bad day at work. Bad day at work? What does that mean? Unmet expectations. Yep, that's typically what it means. I have a bad day at work because I, I pictured that I would be super productive, no one would bother me, everybody would listen. <laughs> My computer would work appropriately, I'm not tired or angry, I didn't make a mistake, right? All of those are expectations that I had that were unrealistic, <laughs> that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> it's like, wow, I've had a lot of bad days. That kind of sums up every bad day I've had because I have these unrealistic expectations. Gratefulness, right, allows us to have realistic expectations. If I'm grateful for something, I didn't expect it. Does that make sense? We receive joy right from unexpected things but if I if I believe that I deserve to feel a particular way or deserve to have everything that I want and you're gonna live an unhappy existence because that's not possible for anyone no matter how much money they have I anticipate uh, the Bezos right uh, is not super happy 
I mean, he, I, I could be wrong. He could be a strong believer and finds his joy in the Lord. But I'm going to go out on a limb <laughs> and say that all of that stuff he's realized as Solomon did. I built all the things. I slept with all the people. Right? I gained as much wisdom as I can, and it's all folly. Ecclesiastes is very helpful in that. You don't have to do it yourself and find out. He already did it and found out that there's not enough money, not enough success, not enough people, (laughs) not enough uh, sexual pleasure to satisfy what only God can satisfy. So this next thing, prayer, write down what's on your heart today. How do we, um, when we pray, what do we pray about? A lot of times it's just like what jumps in there, right? What if you had like a, maybe a journal that's like capturing what you've been praying for and answered prayers? Hey, I don't need to pray about that anymore. As people ask you to pray for stuff, like you write it down, notes on my phone. Best prayer advice I've ever heard. At the beginning of your day, write out all the things that concern you. If, that's, if it's 45 things, man, take the time to get it out, right? I got 45 things I'm concerned about. That would be a lot, and you're probably overwhelmed. <laughs> yes? Amen? But it's out there. Here is all my concerns. As I look at those concerns, I need to then make a list. We'll put a G by the things that I can't do anything about. All right? So that means if I can't do it, I need to, uh, I need to uh, lift that up to the Lord. But there's probably out of those, we'll say a more reasonable expectation is 10 things that concern you that day. And generally for me, there's probably three things that I can't do anything about and seven things that I can. (laughs) Those seven things I need to do something about as opposed to just worrying about it. Right? What does Philippians 4, 6 say? Again, this is not like We're good at worrying, and the Lord is trying to instruct us and to say, here, let me show you a better way. Because, and I may have said this before, worry, how we view worry is worry is our work. We could do something about it, but instead of doing something about it, we worry. That is what you have learned to do because people around you have taught you to do that. That is what I do. I struggle with that every day. But we see the worry as the work. Right? That is our work for the day, is to worry about the thing versus do what we need to do about it. So if I sit there and I say, okay, so here's things, okay, I need to call that person and have a conversation. (laughs) So many things would be fixed with just calling somebody and having a conversation. I'm having a problem. Let's talk about this. But then the rest of those things that I can't do anything about, that I'm prone to worry about too, that I give those to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I need your help. Right? A lot of this is people that you want to change. Yes? (laughs) That you want to come to the Lord. Right? And you worry about them. Well, pray for them. That is included in that process. We can't, we can't force somebody, right, to open themselves up to God. The Holy Spirit is active in that. But we can pray and not worry. Thoughts about that? I'm, I'm trying to be um, 
precise. I am not. I apologize about my tone. It is not like I'm not scolding. That's not. It's not what I mean. I'm just trying to be very like. We need that sometimes, right? Like this is what he says. Philippians four six. Somebody got that one real quick. You know it? I think so. Go ahead. Do not worry about anything but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving for your request to God. There we go. Say it a little slower. Okay. Gosh, let's see here. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Yeah. Right, so one of the other things as we pray, we do half of it because we, don't, we actually don't sit back and remember. If I prayed for something today, let's say you, you had some good prayer time in the morning, which, which I'm anticipating all of you do sometimes, and some of you may every day. But how many of us, and this is something that I, I, I am working on, how many of us at the end of the day are like, hey, that thing I prayed for, like, did God answer that prayer? As I've started doing that, I'm amazed at how much he answered. I was just kind of throwing it up there <laughs> without, without kind of checking the stats. Oh, wow. He answered that, and he answered that, and he answered that. That was just today. There are so many scriptures that are basically getting across the idea that God loves you, and he wants to do stuff for you. But we don't ask. Write down what is on your heart today. The third thing is, again, like in the morning, okay, so how am, uh, how am I deciding to be intentional today? Right? What's my intention today? One of the intentions would be, don't have unrealistic expectations. That's like a ba- that's like first that like that's a really good one to, to do. You'd be amazed at how much better your day is when you get rid of as many unrealistic expectations as you possibly can. Life is sweeter when I don't expect it to fall my way in every conceivable way. Hey, your hair's just not gonna look the best every day, guys. You know? <laughs> Traffic is just not gonna acquiesce around your schedule. Everyone doesn't like you. (laughs) These are hard truths. Set an intention. All right. So, so those are just a couple things. Like that's those are fairly straight straightforward as far as spending time with the Lord, right? But you can think of like, okay, that's a couple things. What other things help me get in the right mindset, right? All right. So flipping over. So the other things, those are a couple things you can do in the morning, just when you have time, you know, 10, 15 minutes. The other thing is this point of like kind of debriefing your day. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of this. You probably said, uh, heard me say this word over and over again. Um, but Jesus did this with his disciples. Everywhere they went, he was talking to them about what they saw, what they experienced, teaching them. Right? We need to spend that time with the Lord. That is some of my richest time. As I go over my day with the Lord, as I talk to him about what I saw and what I experienced, how he uh, helped me and engaged me. Because if, if life is about living, 
then I need to get good at it. <laughs> Don't you want to like enjoy the time that you're here on earth? Right? I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. That, that promise captured my heart when I was struggling as a young adult. My life, that does not characterize my life. So if that's his promise, the way he has me to live my life, I don't get. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That, a lot of times, is much more uh, descriptive of how our days go. I wish I could have that one back. As, as opposed to being able to clear it, that was good. That was a good day. So, questions. How did God reveal himself today? How did God show up? So I'm looking for him. Right at the end of my day, I'm looking for when he was with me. When I was just super upset and crying and, and, and didn't know what was going on. And he, he, he comforted me. Like he, he brought his words to my attention. He brought a friend. Right? He brought peace into my heart. Right? Like sometimes we don't think about like when I was going through something really hard, what happened? Or was he offering me things and I was refusing them? So that I can reflect back like, don't do that next time. Right? How did God reveal himself today? How did he show up? What answered prayers can I celebrate? And what was the, what was the main message from reflecting? So if I thought about my day, hey, what's the takeaway? Again, this is one idea. You're way more creative than this. Is, that, is this, is this kind of like making a little bit more sense about like the things that I do? Any of you, uh, Billy and I have talked about this. He, he is a very strategic thinker if you've spent any time with Billy, right? But if he spends time with you, okay, I promise you that he has actually strategically thought about how he's going to spend time with you. I, I, we've talked about this. We're going to go eat here because it's a more conducive conversation. I haven't talked with him a while. I'm going to ask him these questions, right? Like, that's a good idea. Like, it makes the time, if you've spent time with Billy, like, it's engaging. He is helpful. Uh, he is wanting. Like, he, 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 he acts like he likes you. You know, he, he, like, is interested in what you're doing. He remembers, he remembers things, right, that you've told him before, and he asks you about them, right? That's not by accident. That's not just him passively going through life. Right? There's tons of other people I can brag on you. You guys are intentional people. Right? But so often we are unintentional in the time that we spend with the Father. And that intentional time is going to affect every other aspect of your life. That is the witness of Scripture. If that wasn't so, Jesus wouldn't have come out of heaven, been a man, and spent time with people so that they can figure out how to spend time with other people. That is his plan. That is the master's plan for evangelism. Read that book. <laughs> it's you spending time with him, becoming spiritually mature, and you spending time with other people. Right? Sharing the gospel with them, discipling them, supporting them, encouraging them, showing them how to do stuff. It's a really short book. I've got millions of copies. I will throw them at you. Such a good book. Master's plan. His plan is you. All right. So finishing up here. So two verses. Uh, more verses. Deuteronomy 4.9. Deuteronomy 
Go for it. Only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen so that you don't slip from your mind as long as you live so they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Okay, you are the person that you have agency over. You decide what your day looks like besides other people coming in. Right? Give heed to yourself. Keep your soul diligently. Right? Keep it and cultivate it. So one of the things that we neglect ourselves, this thing of self-care, right? I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, and now I'm taking care of me. Okay? There's a modicum of truth to that. Right? Because the, 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 the world notices that the, that, the, that the body can't run on empty. Right? But they don't know what the fuel is. All right, we are dependent. We are not independent. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. So, so the, the general thing is, is for because we are dabblers, right, Kara? Because we are dabblers, um, there's a reason, you know, why we're dabblers. Like we... I think we naturally, right, want to engage and create and do and produce, right? But without a governor <laughs> to show us, like, no, yes, no, yes, right? That's too much. That's too little, right? We get all out of sorts. Particularly as, uh, as Americans, like, we, we idolize production. Nobody works like we do. And we're not that much more productive. And we're much less happy. So we don't prioritize. We just try to get everything done. But what is, what is the wisdom of Matthew 6.33? Your job is not to do everything. Your job is to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. And I'll show you how to do the rest. There's a great expression, don't get over your skis. This will be very relevant to some of you in a little bit. <laughs> so the idea is, if you start skiing, you can't lean too far over your skis. What happens? Yeah, header right into the snow. Right? Most of us are over our skis. You catch my, catch my meaning? <laughs> we are unbalanced. We are trying to do too much. The expectations for myself are way too high. And the people around me, way too high. So, so if, if Matthew 6.33 is believed, my priorities, which I kind of say, hey, here's all the things I do, and they have equal priority. He's like, nope, this is your top priority, and it'll allow you to order these other things. Seek first the kingdom, his righteousness, and then you'll be able to figure that out. Same thing in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Last verse, Ephesians 3, 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So the last piece that I want to give you is, a little, is like a little baby, three-minute theology of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So 
uh, I encourage you to read through John 13 uh, through 17. And it's going to talk about abiding. This is his, uh, this is like the long version of the teaching when he's with them in the upper room until the prayer in the garden, right? But that is the bulk of the teaching of the Holy Spirit, okay? So there's just a couple snippets, but to read it in context, just spend time in, um, in John uh, in those chapters, 13 through 17. So here is kind of a nutshell version. Right, so uh, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you and He is a helper. He says such things that it is better that I go away. Right, that the Holy Spirit is more help to you than I am as as an incarnated person. Because the incarnated person is finite. Right, He wants Jesus with every single one of you. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is, is to be Jesus to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So most of us have no concept of what that should look like. Like you have access. He, I love you. I'm giving you myself permanently. And so what is the ministry of that Holy Spirit? It's many things. One of the favorite, th- my favorite ministries of it is to lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is your leader. You have access to them. So this is not to be too weird. All right, we talked about the mind being a battlefield, right? As you have random thoughts that are weird, bad thoughts, scary thoughts, thoughts that are condemning, right? Thoughts that are um, unhelpful, okay? Uh, Where do those unhelpful thoughts come from? If there is a spiritual realm, if there's two different spirits of things like, hey, that's that is edifying and encouraging to my spiritual life. That's not. If there's two voices in there. Who's, who's talking? That's right. So we need to be able to figure out to discern who is talking. And the Holy Spirit is talking good stuff. Hey, remember that you're loved. It's trying to give you scripture to stake a minute and to meditate on that. Hey, that's a lie, Rob. <coughs> If it's telling me to do bad stuff, like that's, that's the enemy. Like, that's not God. And it's not just random. <laughs> as we're aware of this, right, this takes on a whole new dimension of our spiritual life as we're trying to engage and go throughout our day because, like, that's where we're living from, like up here, in here, right? Trying to navigate all that. Anyway, so at what would grant you according to the riches of his glory, be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. That's what he's there for. All right, other, any other thoughts or questions that came up from what we're talking about? Lots of stuff, cover lots of stuff. There you have lots of thoughts and feelings, maybe a little overwhelmed. Uh, if the band wants to come up, the, the, the biggest piece here, right, the biggest mistake we can make from here as we then try to outfit this is that you're going to want to do this by yourself and you're not going to want to talk about it. Amen? <laughs> that's our favorite. There's a lots of our favorites, but that's our favorite. 
So as we live in community, community is not supposed to look like I show up for an hour, I say, I nod, I ask you how your day's been, how's the week, how's work? Did you, were you happy about the football game score? <laughs> right? I see you on Tuesday sometimes, go to a Bible study. So my challenge to you is, as you wrestle with this, you need to talk about this with others. And they will talk to you about their lives as well. All right, let's pray. Father, there's so many other things that you can say, and I, I turn all of us over to your Holy Spirit. Lord, that, um, that there's so many things for you to teach us, so many ways for us to come under your leadership. Father, I pray this morning... Um, that you would remind us, Father, that you are our authority, and Lord, I accept your authority over my life. Lord, you are my king. I am not. You as my king can tell me what to do. You as my king can teach me. You and my king are all powerful and can do anything that I ask you to do. Lord, would you teach me to live under your kingship? And would you teach me not to, uh, to be an individual, but a community member? Would you teach me how you want me to live? Lord, we thank you for this weekend and all the things that you uh, are doing and have done. We submit ourselves to you and the ministry of your Holy Spirit and the ministry of one another. Father, keep us, protect us, love us. In Christ's name, amen.